of the Turbo Team Podcast with Jake Brand. Don't you go anywhere near that! Ben Neeson. Like just being caught metaphorically with your pants down. And Alex Powell. Do you know I saw those cute one time? Tommy gun. Reviewing and breaking down movies and TV shows from all genres. This is the Turbo Team Podcast. Hello and welcome back to episode 12 of the Turbo Team Podcast. This is brought to you by Jeff Bezos, our awesome sponsor. We want to thank Jeff for allowing us to meet in the Neeson's basement. Hi, it's me, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. But this is actually our first in-person show, and we want to welcome to the program, friend of the program, Mr. Curran Wadley. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Thanks for coming on. That was a sensual hello. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that was a good hello. Probably the best one yet. Let's, quick, let's rank the guests we've had on the podcast. Uh, last Isaac. Last Isaac. <laughs> I'd go last, I'd go last Ben. Yeah, Ben, yours was weird. Well, it really made an impression on you guys. I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. <laughs> you're, you, every time, every time we start a podcast and Jake's like, Ben, how you doing? You're, you always say have some saying that just doesn't make or sense. Or you're just in Wisconsin <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> Well, it's okay. I just got off a 12-hour shift. I'll be perky for this episode. But anyways, it's... It's the way we like it. It's good to have Curran here to look into those awesome Wadley eyes. And we are watching one of <laughs> Curran's favorite movies today. It's There Will Be Blood, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Screenplay also by him. It's starring Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Dano. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis won an Oscar for Best Actor in a Best Male Actor in a Leading Role. Pretty good movie, I'd say. Kern, why is this one of your favorite movies? Um, so personally, Daniel Day Lewis's performance in it is just like one of my favorite performances ever. I mean, just the way he portrays like the corruption and just kind of mental destruction of the main character in the movie, I just think it's incredible. And like, just kind of how the story plays along, and just kind of like, I kind of like darker movies like that sometimes. I think. <laughs> This movie just does a fantastic job of like having a dark plot, but still being watchable. We, dark like the Joker. I'm the Joker, <laughs> baby. We've talked a lot. A, a lot of the movies we've, 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 we've we have reviewed. We've talked about. Uh, we've talked about how when a certain character comes on screen, it's hard not to take your eyes off them. And I don't think I think Daniel Day Lewis is like if we had to rank him, Daniel Day Lewis is number one. I was so like attached to like the screen every time he was on every time he said a word and his performance was just so convincing and I mean that's why he's one of the greatest actors of all time so. yeah absolutely I, I like what Kern <laughs> said about like the darker films and mm-hmm. I watched a video I can't remember uh, who made the video but they almost compared it to like a horror western yeah. and specifically in the track that they used in the score like it seemed like a very horror movie mm-hmm. it's like a psychological thriller yeah and it it obviously wasn't like a horror movie like Inception, but almost more like Taxi Driver. In- Inception's can, can a horror movie? Or Inception. Uh, Insidious. <laughs> it's, it's like, wait a minute. Leonardo DiCaprio in Inception. I was so scared when I thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt was about to eat it. <laughs> Dude, I watched Inception. Couldn't sleep for a week. <laughs> what does it mean? Alex, what were some things that you liked in this movie? Um, like I said, Daniel Day-Lewis was so, just so goddamn good in this movie. He was, it was so hard not to pay attention when he was on film. His performance was so believable, and he, it was just, it was so great. And the, uh, 
I know we're not talking about negatives, but the biggest negative I would have on this movie is the other actors weren't on the same... Maybe except for Paul Dano, all the other actors weren't on the same level as Daniel Day-Lewis, and that was, like, distracting in a way. Because he was like... Not that all the other actors were bad, it's just Daniel Day-Lewis was literally on such another level that, like, it, it didn't compare to anyone else in this film. Mm-hmm. And I, obviously, I'm, I was glad that, like, he had... You know, he was the main... He really, there wasn't really a whole lot where he wasn't in the movie. Most yeah, there, of the scenes were just him. There weren't really any side plots to the movie. I mean, there was obviously. Um, There's Eli's. Yeah, Eli's side, arc, but yeah. that went like hand in hand with Daniel's for the most part. So. Yeah. Also, I really liked the way it was shot. The Well, first off, the, the cinematography was good. It won Best Cinematography mm-hmm. uh, same year. Uh, the, 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 the sets were like. The production. The production was production really side. good. Like, the sets were huge. They're, like, obviously real, I would think. Yeah, the burning well rig comes to mind. There's a, yeah, there's a few shots where, uh, the shot where they're, uh, is it the Bandy Land that they were trying to, uh, that was, like, the last land they had to get? Like, the old guy. What oh, they do? Like, what's the production? Like, but, like, there's a, there's a shot where they, they're, uh, Dale Day Lewis was, like, standing in a bean field and it's, like, foggy behind them. And oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my favorite shot of the it, whole movie. It looked like a whole different environment than what they had been in. Yeah. Like, it seemed like something out of a... <laughs> not that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben, what were some of the things you liked about it? Um... I don't know. I think you guys kind of all hit it on the head. I mean, there's not a whole lot else to talk about this movie besides, like... I didn't know there was, like, such big praise, like, surrounding this, like, movie before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't heard about that. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, my first time watching it was about... I wouldn't say my first time watching it. About a few weeks ago, I started it off, like, in 20 minutes in. I just kind of lost interest. And uh, it took... Uh, Curran coming on and saying that he wanted to watch this movie for me to come around and finish it. The first 15 minutes are really slow, where it's just like learning about Daniel Day-Lewis's backstory and there's like no dialogue at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for turning it off. Yeah, but I'm so glad I did come back to it because yeah. like <laughs> it just took off from there and it really doesn't let up. It like sucks you into like mm-hmm. the whole environment that it's establishing and the whole arc that goes on between all three, in my opinion, of of the main characters. Who's the third? H.W.? H.W., Eli, and Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because of that, because of my, like, split viewings, I didn't know Eli and Paul were different people until the very end of the movie. <laughs> no. They they were the... Oh, do you want to get into that? Because that's a whole different thing. They were the same person. No, they weren't. That's what I, I read. They were... I read... So what I... I didn't read, but I watched a couple of videos, and they explained... <laughs> so there's, there's two... They never really... They never really like established they were or not. I read obviously there is at the end where he was you know attacking Eli and he was like Paul took the money and he's like doing his own thing now. But I heard that Paul was an alter ego that Eli developed uh, in order because Eli was like a God fearing you know Christian or whatever he's a pastor. So Paul was an alter ego that he developed in order to commit like because he sold out his family's land and like his whole town's land basically. Okay, but in the scene where. Eli attacks his father and calls him stupid for uh, letting his uh, for letting uh, Daniel Day Lewis come into the land. He like uh, makes a big statement about saying that like you're a stupid father to a stupid son, and how you shouldn't have let Paul bring uh, uh, what's his face Daniel into the land because then like now we have nothing to prosper off of. Well, so like so it's the son confronting his father about his brother that isn't there anymore. 
I understand that, but what... See, that's what I'm saying, is I think that's a Paul Thomas Anderson, like, I think it's kind of... Because, like, is Paul and Eli the same person? Because obviously we never see them together. So either they're twins, or, you know, Paul is an alter ego Eli made up so Eli could commit, like, these sins and not feel bad about it. Because Eli is supposed to be, you know, a pastor and, you know, the leader of the church or whatever, and a lot of people in the town look up to him. Well, Paul is the guy, you know, doing business that maybe isn't that ethical. But that gives into the the whole him, him attacking his father. The the long running theory you, you and me both have been about Paul Dano's characters, <laughs> how they uh, they're not exactly the most uh, there mentally people. Uh, prisoners, for example. Prisoners, for example. So, I I got a little bit of sense from Eli that Eli wasn't very mentally stable in this movie from the point where he's like screaming in the church. Oh, or like, would like to for like the ghost to get out, or he's eating out that grandma's hands. Yeah, yeah. Or like, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Paul and Eli were the same person, and Eli had a bit of like not schizophrenia, but like what is it like split personality disorder, or bipolar, bipolar, or yeah. something like. I wouldn't. I so that's what I would think is like. I think he thought Paul was a real person when he was Paul all along. Nice theory, but I disagree. I don't know. Like I said, I don't think they really established it because I've seen I've seen both sides. People both like establishing both, and obviously they kind of hint at it in the movie, but I don't think they flat out say that they're two different people. All right. Uh, last of my likes before I hand it off to Jake again. Uh, the music by Johnny Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the guitarist for Radiohead. I'm a big fan of his work there, and now I'm a big fan of his work here. I haven't said I watched a whole lot of films in which he's been the composer for, but I'm definitely interested in it. Just because of the sporadic nature of it all and how it really, like, is up in your face and brings you into the moment. Yeah. Just because of the hectic nature of some of the very intense scenes. So, Jake, what did you like? So, the, there's stuff I like, but before I get to that, when you guys brought up HW, I thought of the, the YouTube review I watched, and they said that HW stands for Hired Worker. <laughs> what? That killed me. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is. Which, yeah. he, he is he a is. hired worker, but I just thought that was, like, so funny as a play on words as his name. But yeah. pretty much, it is really a, like, as much of a joke it is, it is kind of a play into, like, the deep, dark, horrible human being that Daniel Day-Lewis plays in this movie. Yeah. Where the only reason any of his family was important to him was for business, and the second that they weren't assets anymore, he kicked him to the curb, as, mm-hmm. as we saw in the painful scene where... H.W. actually spoke towards the end of the movie towards his yeah. father. And I, I just thought that the movie did a really good job of, I don't know, showing just how terrible of a person that Daniel is playing and how, not necessarily just the oil business, but how a lot of like big businesses and big operations started and kind of still are to this day. But that's a whole other different discussion. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I, I really like the character development with Daniel Plainview and with uh eli and i thought that they were kind of just like two different sides of the same coin Mm -hmm. i think that just off the front because he is this pastor type guy eli comes off as a lot more righteous a lot better of a person but in the end i think that even though daniel went mad and hungry for power and like went on a killing spree i think that they kind of ended up towards the end as the same person yeah and i think that they were both just extremely hungry for power money and they found out who they really are and um, Paul Thomas Anderson really showed this in um, the corresponding scenes where Daniel was in the church and screamed out I abandoned my son I abandoned my son and then Eli at the end of the bowling alley was screaming that 
he's a fake prophet. He's a fake prophet. And I thought that that character development and that arc was done really well. They they were the same person in the sense that they both lied to get where they were. You know, Eli wasn't as like close to God as he as he you know feigned as he yeah feigned or whatever. And then obviously uh, Daniel Plainview wasn't as you know much of a family man or as a of a you know people person as he portrayed himself to mm-hmm. be so they were in a way they were the same person and living kind of separate lives but yeah i, I would agree with that they're using their uh unique advantages to try and one up the other one uh eli using the bandy uh ranch to try and uh humiliate daniel by like making him scream how he abandoned his son yeah and like slap him around (laughs) Mm -hmm. in front of the church but yeah just kind of how um daniel basically uses everything for profit and once it's done doing that for him he's just done with whatever it was yeah uh so i have a question uh why was daniel plainview so against religion because it seemed like he actively sought out not to participate in any uh, not even like humor Eli into like even saying a prayer you know uh, so but they never addressed why he was so against religion in the movie um I think that could be his own stubbornness but uh I saw it more as a way of not anti-religious just pro-capitalistic and trying to make his own way in the world I guess uh that's why I thought he and uh, Eli butted heads so much is because Eli utilized religion uh, to win the hearts of people and to win the wealth of others. Is while um, El- uh, not Eli uh, Daniel was uh, just drudging through the oil and the mud to make his own living and to build his own business, which he worked hard to profit from, and he eventually did. Uh, and that all came from him. Uh, showed in the first scene where he. Uh, drug himself out of a hole and back to civilization with a broken leg uh, just to cash his reward and keep working towards uh, success while uh, we can see that obviously at the end the whole religious aspect didn't work out for Eli when he took his money and invested it in radio and other elements instead of funding the church and feeding the people he tried to uh, take his short success and make it his own, but that obviously didn't work out. Uh, I, w- I would disagree about your point of why Daniel and uh, Eli butted heads. I think they butted heads is because they're both trying to win power of the town. And, like, the townspeople, the townspeople were, you know, the the last piece of cake that and Daniel and Eli were both fighting over to, you know, get the last piece of cake. Dan- Daniel, you know, promised them luxury and, you know, food and you know, better land and stuff, and Eli pro- promised them, you know, you know, religion and like going to heaven and stuff, and and I I knew, and then he, I think I think definitely Daniel saw through Eli, and I think Eli definitely saw through Daniel, and that's because they were so much alike, and they so I think the reason they butted heads so much was they were both in a power struggle for the townspeople, not you know whatever you said. I wouldn't say the townspeople as much as just the rewards that the town can provide. I mean, Daniel's more for, quite literally, just the town, the land underneath him. While I agree that Eli probably was just looking for uh, appreciation from the people, and he probably lived off of that power trip for a long time. Daniel wanted money, Eli wanted recognition. recognition. And and to them, those are two different types of power, while... Obviously, money is—you can buy whatever he wants. He gets a huge mansion at the end, and 
you know, power and then recognition is, you know, people listen to him, they believe what he's saying, and he builds a following eventually. That's, that's so, I think that's why they butted heads, was, you know, they say, they say opposites attract, and like, you know, like, similarities, like, bump heads, and I think that's why they fought, is because they were so much alike, as opposed to them both having different motives that, you know, conflict with each other. Yeah, for sure. Do we want to move on to some things we didn't like about the movie? I know we already touched on a few of them. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I don't. I, I I love this movie. Uh, the one I did have what I had a couple. Number one, I was kind of confused at times. You definitely have to pay attention to get the full idea effect, and even that, I was still confused at the end a bit. And uh, and then like I, like I said before, I just don't. I don't think. I think Daniel Day Lewis was so good in this movie that other people not being on the same level as he is kind of made it worse at times. Like, uh... Yeah, those child actors sucked. They failed at playing children. <laughs> well, like, no. one, one of the things is, like, he's so good that outside of, like, him, Eli, and H.W., you really don't remember many of the characters. Yeah. Or his brother. His brother. That's just, yeah. like, just a focus aspect. Well, I mean, yeah, you just, like, whenever he's on the screen, all, like, every other person, every other character, basically, outside of a few, you're just, like, I don't... Like, you yeah. just don't pay attention to him, really. The one guy, who's the guy that he threatened to, like, slit his throat if he, like, told him how to, like, run his family again? You know, oh, there was a big corporation. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy, that guy was not a good actor. No. I was not convinced by a single thing he said. No. I think he was, was just taken aback by I don't Daniel's know. Just, well, like, Daniel would, like, Daniel, Daniel would, like, threaten him, and then he would speak back, like, he was just saying a regular statement. Like, he wasn't just threatened, you know? And so I just, I didn't think that guy was a very convincing actor. But he was the only bad actor. I just don't think I'm not. I don't think he was the only bad actor in this. I don't think any of them were bad actors. I just don't think they were on the other level that Daniel Day Lewis was. That guy reminded me from Casimir from Darkest Dusk. Darkest Dusk. They were relatively that bad. <laughs> uh, Kurt, what are your negatives? I know you really love this movie. So. Um. So one of one of the things for me is it gets off to a pretty slow start. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. But I mean, I do like the first scene. It's still a good scene, but. When in comparison to the rest of the movie, it's just kind of bland and you it's pretty forgettable. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's pretty good for establishing the type of character he is. Current, mm-hmm. so I'm guessing you've seen this multiple times, right? I've seen it twice. Twice. Does it does like the beginning and the pacing of like the first like half hour get better on the second time? Yeah, and I I think watching it twice is good too, because I think it was Alex who mentioned it earlier. It is a pretty confusing movie at points. And when you watch it through again, there's a lot of things that you notice that you just didn't before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't I, have to win you over at the beginning like it was kind of reluctant to the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that this movie isn't, like, one that really relies on, like, an ending or, like, a plot twist. It more relies on, like, kind of the slow buildup of Daniel's character. So I think that this is one movie that, obviously, I haven't seen it two times, but I think it would be one that's a lot better on the second time viewing. Just kind of, like, because I didn't know that H.W. was an orphan. Like, I don't yeah. think I caught on to that until, like, he told him. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, knowing that throughout the whole movie might make, like, the relationship between Daniel and H.W. and hired worker a little more, like, fleshed out and, I think, like, more compelling to the audience. This wasn't really a traditional story where there was, like, there's a main goal and there's two parties. Mm-hmm. There's one party trying to reach the main goal and there's a party trying to come into the way. It was more of, you know, here's Daniel Plainview. Here's who he is. Here we're going to follow him throughout his life. We're going to skip around, but we're going to follow him through his life. And then, like, the only enemy he has is, like, 
aside from maybe Eli is himself, he's his own mm-hmm. biggest enemy, and he gets in his own way of times. But you know, he's gonna stop at nothing to reach his end goal, which is money and power. And so I, it, it, it more was his life than it was. Here's a story that you know has a that has a traditional beginning, start, middle, ending, whatever. You know, it is to me almost reminiscent to like a Goodfellas type thing yeah. where. You know, starts out, main character, he's kind of on top of the world, and slowly just kind of crumbles as a character. <laughs> Throwback to episode one, the Triple Team Podcast, Close Goodfellas. Door off. <laughs> We've come a long, long way. Yeah, we went from, I was in my mom's bedroom, yeah. recording over Skype, to Mitch Neeson's bedroom, <laughs> recording in person. <laughs> Such a big step. Hopefully we'll make it into someone else's bedroom. A small... A small step for the Turbo Team podcast. The big things in the future. We have no future plans other than continue. We got merch coming. <laughs> Turbo Team merch. Yeah, but anyways, I I didn't really have any negatives outside of like what's been talked about. Like I just thought kind of the pacing and just the length of the beginning could have been better. What do you think of the length of the movie? Do you think two and a half? Because I know last week we complained that Made of Can't Stand Island didn't really need to be two hours. I think it falls under the same realm of King of Staten Island, just not to the same extent. Okay. Like, I think that they probably could have chopped, like, ten minutes, but there wasn't, there wasn't, like, anything in the movie that I'm like, why is this in here? Like, yeah. there wasn't King of Staten Island. They yeah. all have functional purposes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I just, agree. like, I don't think it was a, as good of a two hour and 40 minute Tarantino movie but I think it, it was still pretty close like it could have been I don't know 230 but yeah. I'm not I'm not really gonna complain uh Ben would you did you have any negatives uh negatives not enough Paul Dano I <laughs> loved Paul Dano he was really good in this yeah. super good but all, I, all of his screaming scenes whenever he was preaching or when he was being dragged by Daniels do you think he's better in this or Prisoners this Really, I, I'm giving him this. His his prisoner's performance was was really good. It is, but I'll take this. I mean, honestly, Paul Dano's got a lot of good movies. Oh Remember yeah, Swiss Army Man. Even though the ending was awful, he was really good in that. Yeah. Okay, so there was a point that I was going to make earlier, but I totally forgot. So back to the cinematography, the scene, the first time where Paul Dano was throwing like the spirit of the mm-hmm. devil outside of the church. Good scene. As soon as he did that, it cut to Daniel walking into the church. Yeah. And I thought that that was a really powerful, like really cool um, use of cinematography. And I don't know if it was on accident or not, but I would imagine just like with how this movie was shot, that that was on purpose. That like that timing was like as soon as he threw the demon towards him, he walked in, yeah. and like the demon never really left for Paul Dano they or. Have- or Daniel. Speaking of, speaking of good shots, uh, the final shot I thought was, mm-hmm. in, I thought just the way it was placed, it was just insanely, and it's just dead Paul Dano and you know Daniel Day Lewis just sitting there and he's like, oh I'm done. I thought that was a perfect way to end the movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I mean another point you said about like uh, just cuts for uh, dramatic emphasis. Uh, I believe it was at the beginning when he was talking to the first town about trying to uh, reap their land and like. Uh, benefit them as well which like yeah sure whatever Mm -hmm. uh but like after it showed him introducing hw and saying he's a family business i believe it was a hard cut just to oil gushing out of the ground just to simulate like i'm an oil man (laughs) this is my son hw baby (laughs) this is this is my son hired worker (laughs) i drink your milkshake i drink your introduce yourself hired worker (laughs) 
I am hired worker playing with you. <laughs> yeah, actually just... Can I wash my hands? Yeah, wash my hands. We came here to look at your oil. It was Bart Simpson. <laughs> Hired worker Simpson. <laughs> Alright, so while we're kind of on the topic of cuts and cinematography, what's everyone's favorite scene of the movie? We don't have to go too in-depth of it, but I'm just kind of... Uh, no repeats, because there's a lot of them. Uh, I remember the... We kind of talked about it uh, when we weren't filming, but the... Uh, yeah, I know it's kind of a joke, but the uh, I abandoned my boy, I abandoned my child. I like like I just the that was another scene where like I just couldn't stop watching Daniel Day Lewis. He was so convincing. The the moment where he's just saying it to humor Paul Dano to get the another Mandy land, and it builds up, and he's so he's like, oh my god, I I sent my son on a train halfway across the state or whatever. So he slowly starts to believe it, even if he is so against the baptism. He he slowly starts to realize, oh my god, I you know I abandoned my child. I thought that was a really really intense scene and really spoke a lot about who Daniel Daniel Plainview was. Yeah, I thought that my favorite scene. It's down to either the one I just talked about, which is the uh, the one throwing the demon out of the church. But I think I might have to go with when H W gets off the train mm-hmm. and is punching and kicking uh daniel i thought that that was very well shot just from the wide shot with establishing just kind of everything around it and i thought that i don't know that was just really powerful to see hired worker kick back at <laughs> daniel and i, I, I his know. boss daniel yeah, didn't that fight hired back. him daniel didn't fight back or, either he's like yeah. he knew what he did <laughs> yeah, fight back. all right kern what was your favorite scene so i think my favorite scene um this might be kind of normy but it's the end scene i just the my least favorite character in the whole movie was Eli. I just I really just did not like it. There was just something very off-putting about him. Just kind of his uh, his his demeanor the whole movie. It was just like very ominous and like the way he treated everyone. I mean, obviously Daniel's the same way. I didn't like his character either. Yeah. Like he just but it was it was something about watching my least favorite character just get beaten with a bowling pin, <laughs> uh, as Daniel Day-Lewis just completely snapped yeah. and just went nuts. Um, and then, as as Alex said earlier, that end shot is just amazing. It's yeah. one of my favorite shots in cinema history. So, do any of you guys know who Joel Osteen is? Yeah. yeah. Why is that? Yeah. <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> no, it's it's on the topic of Paul Dano's character. He's Eli. gonna boiling pin this guy. So I I think that Eli obviously it's like a hundred years from now, but I think that he kind of displays like the very rich corrupt pastor yeah. pretty well, which is which was what the Joel Osteen uh, transition was to, but. Olstein has like he has a lot of clips of where he's just like completely going against the Bible and he's like this is one I saw and he said um, when I go to church I just want to show only the best of me because like isn't that what God wants he wants to see the best of his children and I think that when I watch this movie just like from a Christian standpoint from a Bible standpoint that's a lot of what I saw Eli as I saw him more as like posing opposed as like actually living out what he was saying and he was like look what I'm doing. I'm getting these demons out of all these people and I'm amazing. I'm, I have all this money, but really he was just like, towards the end he admitted, I'm broken. I'm a, I'm a sinner. I'm yeah. awful. And I, I just thought that he, he kind of played that, that role as best as he could for the 1900s. There is a lot of religious, you know, undertones in mm-hmm. like 
themes throughout this. Uh, did you watch that video I sent you? I didn't. All right, they talked about, I forgot how they described it, but he said, I guess there's a story in the Bible, kind of like the plot of this, where there's like a guy and he's like, had to like build his own town. Like God like, like uh, exercised them or something like that. Oh, I think it's... Um... It's like Abel or something like that. It's when, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a like... parable where a father sends his son out. It, he gives both of his sons either like $500 or um, lets them go off on their own. And he said, I deserve more than $500. So he went off on his own. Yeah. And then failed horribly. I think that might be it. But it, so is that. And then it also described Eli. I forgot, I forgot, I, I can't, I, it's really not uh, good for me to make this point without, like, knowing how they described it, but they described Eli as the devil, so in a religious standpoint, Eli, and this is the devil, because he, I, I forgot, I, I completely forgot, and I shouldn't have brought it up without, you know, remembering, but I thought that was really, really interesting to see him, to see this from a religious context, and then, you know, obviously the devil is the biggest bad guy in history, so, uh, describing I don't even know who you are. <laughs> or just, so, describing Eli as the devil, and you know, watching, seeing, like thinking of the movie throughout that, where Eli is, you know, just uh, in a way attempting to destroy everything, in a in a sense. So, I thought that was really interesting. Okay, back to my favorite scene. Thank you. Shut up, man. <laughs> um, honestly, I think uh, the tension escalated from. Uh, when the well explodes and starts a ginormous fire that destroys that rig, it's like what a twenty-minute scene or something like that. It's long. It's long. Starting but in the daytime, it's all worth it. Starting in the daytime and ending the next morning, and it shows just the frantic nature of H.W. being blown away, <laughs> and uh, uh, Daniel trying to like uh, bring him back and like keep him back in safety, but all he is is like just take him back to his like. Uh, quarters and even though HW wants him to stay with him he's like uh no I'll be back after you deal with this mm -hmm. so then he leaves but he wasn't he doesn't really do a whole lot besides just watch and kind of admire like an astonishment of like the whole sprung uh amount of well amount not amount of well amount of oil that's actually under the ground mm -hmm. and how like I like how, uh, well, everyone's trying to figure it all out and, like, make it stop, and they're all freaking out. And, like, even his workers ask, like, how's HW? He's like, nah, he's, it's like, is HW okay? He's like, nah, he isn't. But yeah. he's just, like, still entranced by looking at the exploding oil rig. And, like, up until when it's demolished that morning, he's still standing there, like, with a look of, like, not even contentment towards, like, a loss of uh, money from, like, a destroyed oil rig. Or even like his permanently injured son. Yeah. It's more just excitement and uh, uh, excitement and satisfaction with his like business decision because like all that showed him was like there's so much oil underneath here that he's gonna be rich and he just that's all he's focused on. That's why he was standing there for I can't even imagine like eight hours or something. Like yeah. That, just looking at it. He he is the epitome of you know an oil tycoon in the you know in the 1800s where they just they. <laughs> They want nothing but, you know, money and power. I want to see world. him versus the Monopoly Man fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> money Man. Does the Monopoly Man get to use, like, the shoe and the car and the plane and all the... the... I'll, I'll give him a shoe. Uh, Daniel, Daniel gets the... 
Dale, Dale, Dale gets, gets hired worker. UFC but it's, but it's a metal shoe, too. It's not a normal shoe. Whoa. That's the game piece. Yeah, UFC he, 250, Daniel Day Lewis versus <laughs> Jerry Jones. <laughs> Joe Rogan commenting on it. <laughs> Whoa. Friend of the program, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Jamie, clip that. Who's going to need DMT after this? Actually, I do have a question. So, one thing that, you know, I, while I was watching, I just couldn't get a grasp on is, do you guys think that um, Daniel, like, cared or loved HW at all or like because what the oil rig scene when it exploded like Ben was explaining I mean he when it exploded he went up to like the oil rig that was on fire and like got HW off there were certain scenes where I would be like maybe he does um but obviously like he sent him away so it makes you think that he was just using him I I think he came around on him I think I think it's one of those things where, although he doesn't show it, he does deep down actually care about him. And when he did send him off, and then when he went through that baptism, when he kind of realized that, oh my God, I sent him away. I think he kind of, I think he did realize how much, how important he actually is to him, and not just you know a hired worker. But then I think at the end, when he when he spoke out of spite, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you're my yeah. competitor now. I don't think that was him disowning him. I think that was him. Uh, mad at his action and maybe said something that he didn't really mean. <laughs> Daniel's been shown to show compassion though, but only briefly. Like uh, when they're having a celebration and Mary comes running by and he catches her and he's like, uh, "You having a good time? Uh, just let me know uh, that. Uh, let me know if your like father ever hits you again for not reading your Bible verses." He's just right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like let me know if that ever happens because that won't happen ever again. <laughs> And the father's just sitting there, like no one is. No one is like pushed around. Game, no one is pushed around as much in this movie as Mister Sunday is. He deserved it. He's yeah. just such a pushover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna let my son attack me after he jumped over the dinner table. Okay, please stop. Oh, Mister Plainview, I'm sorry I beat my child. Sorry, please don't kill bang. me, bro. We're sitting at a table right now, and it would take me like ten minutes to jump over this table. <laughs> bro, you gotta hit those jump squats. How you did let... you not get a? How did you not get away before? That. He let, was covered in mud. Yeah, you like Sunday be hitting legs. Do you let bro. scrawny Paul Dano jump over a table and beat you? Dude, you deserve it, man, at that point. Get back, back to the point. Uh, I think Daniel really is capable of showing compassion, and that was like one example of it. Yeah. But I yeah. think it was just one conflicted nature of like, like his capitalistic and opportunistic side of trying to take advantage. Uh, like, most like. Like many good characters, it isn't a clear distinction between black or white, clear good guy, clear bad guy. There's lots of conflict that goes within like all real people and all good characters in film. So I think that that was just another example of, well, he's kind to HW and he's kind to Mary and he's kind for some of these other people. But then, yeah, he also shoots his fake brother and he beats the crap out of Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Twice. Uh, are you guys going to get into your ratings? Sure. Curran, you're the guest. You can go first. You guys... I feel like you really didn't want to do it. <laughs> All right. Um, this... I, I really love this movie. It's it's definitely one of my favorite movies I've ever watched. It's not the top. Um, but I'd probably give it, like... I don't know, maybe, like, an 8 out of 10. Um, and I think just... Like I said in the beginning, Daniel Day-Lewis, it's one of the best acting performances I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I'll stand by that always. He's just, like, his character is so polarizing while he's on the screen, and, um, 
it's shot so well. There's so many scenes that are just beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it was a really good watch, and I'm glad I had this chance to finish it up because I'm sad I wouldn't have missed out on this. Um, I actually recently watched The Master too. That was another Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I don't know if you guys have seen any of his movies. It's about Scientology, movie. isn't it? Yeah, it's about. It's loosely based on Scientology. And that one started out really slow too, because I started that and I stopped because yeah. it just starts out really it's slow. Like yeah. Masturbates to a sand mermaid. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, uh, but <laughs> um, like, uh, so I was like, uh, sort of familiar with the tone that this was going to be because there's a whole, a uh, shroud of, um, lore surrounding uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movies and how they're supposed to be very. Uh, high art and have a specific tone that goes along with them and I thought that this was definitely um, another clear example of that but done in a very good way like I can you think of another movie that's very similar in tone to this or oh, it reminded similar? me a lot of No Country for Old Men which lost to that my, the my favorite movie I know I was gonna bring that up love it bring it up for your rating segment, segment. very very weird there's two kind of similar movies going out at the same time oh, yeah, obviously sure. they're kind of different plots but the whole western theme is there and there's there's similarities between both of them oh yeah especially between Daniel Plainview and uh, Llewellyn Moss uh, so between the acting cinematography the music <laughs> and just the plot and internal uh argument that goes on between the characters and what you take away from the movie like i don't know about you guys but i've been thinking about this movie for like two days i want to watch it again honestly yeah, exactly mm-hmm. so that's why i'm going to give it a nine out of ten nine out of ten i'll uh, i'll give it a nine out of ten too Kurt, i was really surprised you gave it an eight yeah, well, I, don't, I don't really know like what you guys rating scale is i don't i rate i rate i rate pretty high i don't give yeah. tens but i rate pretty high i, I mean the lowest i give i gave i think i gave uh, what was that one movie we watched that I didn't like? The, the interview. interview. I think I gave the interview like <laughs> yeah. five or six. I mean, I don't. Are I, you I'm, kidding me? Yeah, I, I didn't know if it was Dave. I think I, I think I Dave higher than the interview. I mean, I'm kind of with I'm with you on that. Like, I don't give I wouldn't give a ten, yeah. but I'm just thinking like as just a solid nine is like my like favorite movies ever, which I think we're gonna get into that later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like those are your tens, my, so this makes sense. Yeah. My my all of my top five are tens. So it's you know Inglorious Masters, No Country for Old Men, Super Bad, Zodiac, and what's the last one? Maybe and Goodfellas. Whatever. Anyway. Go listen to episode five or whatever it was. No, that was episode one. That was episode for Alex. Alex. That, yeah, we me, me and Jake both ranked our top five movies, so if you're interested, go well, check out episode, episode five one. for me and I'm the co host. So go watch that one. <laughs> Alright, uh, I give it a 9 out of 10. I loved it. Daniel Day List was fantastic. I think, I just, like, I, the negatives I said before, there's, you know, just no one else was kind of up to par as far as acting, maybe except for Paul Dano. And just nippy stuff. And like I said, I don't give 10s a whole lot, so. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna give it an 8 and a half out of 10. I just had an aneurysm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I love Daniel Day Lewis's performance in this movie. I thought that the character development. And I just love kind of where uh, Daniel and Paul Dano's character both end in this movie. Mm-hmm. I like the religious themes that it had, and I also I just really like the overall dark tone. It was shot beautifully, so yeah, I'll give it eight and a half. Is that what I said, or eight point two five? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Sounds like a really confident. Jake, the fraction guy. Yeah. So that does it for our "There Will Be Blood" review. I think we got pretty in depth and touched on a lot of good points of the movie. But now, what we do with every guest, we have Mr. Kieran Wadley with his top five movies. Kieran, do you want to take us from number five to one? Um, 
So, number five, I have Shawshank Redemption. I mean, don't know if I really need to explain it very much. It's just one of the best movies ever. Yeah. Like, I think everyone thinks so. I think IMBD rated that as the best movie of all time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, I have Goodfellas. Um, I just... I just love that movie. Like, Joe Pesci is so good in that movie. And, like, everyone. Ray Liotta, um, De Niro. I mean, everyone in that movie is incredible. Just great story, too. Give me two times. Get the papers. papers. Get the papers. It's a Mexican one of my One of my favorite one of my favorite parts of that movie is when they turn the jail into, like, a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like, I, I don't know what it is about scenes like that, but it's just like, he's just going over, like, you know, this guy got all the got all the food and he did the cooking and I, I got the drugs. <laughs> yeah. The chicken yeah, finger. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then at number three, I have Lord of the Rings, just as the trilogy. Yeah. Um, just because I. No, that's three one. movies. You gotta pick one. <laughs> that's, that, that's your one, top two, three. three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think. It's a it's a classic series. Uh, oh yeah! Like when it when they came out, no one really expected anything of it. And it they all it all turned out to be like one of the best series ever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they shot those all like consecutively. Mm-hmm. Like it was all like one big like whole production time like in set. Shout out Iowan Elijah Wood. Yeah, even if Frodo was annoying most of the time, he's <laughs> a, a short king. Short king. <laughs> What's right. number two, Curran? Number two, I got Inglorious Bastards. Good pick. Um, not, it is, I think it's the best Tarantino movie. I know. This is my masterpiece. <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, number one, No Country for Old Men. Hell yeah. Um, I knew it. That, that movie, Anton Chigurh might be my favorite villain ever. Just that, the first scene when he shows up and he's in the car, like, he pulls up to the car and he's I need you to step out of the car, sir. And you're just like, what? What is this air compressor? Yeah. And you just, it's like, what? What is that? But just how? Yeah, it's crazy. Yo, that. Yo, um, Craigslist made bank off of those things ever since. <laughs> sure, that's a good movie. But have you seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space on Netflix? Next up, I hear it's one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> Yeah, that is like almost nearly identical to Alex's <laughs> top five. Yeah. Of applause. I, I remember. I remember my. I remember my number five. It wasn't Goodfellas, although I do think good. I think I give Goodfellas a nine. It was Scarface. So. Uh, so do we want to get into our next segment? Jake, you kind of came up with it. Do you want to introduce? Yeah. It? So our last segment, I think that um, the sports fanatics on fourteen sixty cakes and I have been doing this with sports movies, but yeah. it's. Um, Movies that you haven't seen that everyone tells you you should see. So, for example, we've all seen Star Wars here, but if one of us hasn't seen Star Wars... You'd be like, kicked off immediately. Yeah, like, one, you'd be kicked off, but two, it's almost like that that person on Twitter that's like, I've never seen Star Wars and I never want to. Like, yeah. that, like that's the type of movie we were talking about. This, this is the quirky you, high school girl segment. How would you not want to watch Star Wars? Honestly. I don't know. Because they're too busy watching Pinocchio from Disney+. Plus. Too busy watching Outer Banks. Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> it's a space John B., I've seen a boy in underwear before. <laughs> <laughs> don't flatter yourself. <laughs> Benny's a big Outer Banks fan. <laughs> yeah, first Outer Banks quote on the podcast. Congratulations, Ben. Won't that be would, the last. That, would all, that will also be the last. <laughs> Next week we're going to be Outer Banks. <laughs> 
segments. <laughs> no segments, just Don't out you wish that on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> Kyle. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Alright. Uh, uh, we don't need for, the Kyle part. Yeah. For uh, people that aren't listening, Kyle bought a $100... Former podcast guest Kyle Coons bought a one hundred dollar Ricky He's Bobby costume. We'll, we'll tweet out the picture tomorrow. And pit vipers. Yeah, we'll, we'll tweet out from the, the <laughs> Twitter account. Also, follow us on Twitter at the Team Pod. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain. So I'll get into my list. You guys are probably gonna hate me. So I haven't seen the Matrix. I don't know how. I haven't seen the Matrix. Either. I think I've watched what? the first it's... five ten minutes with my dad a couple weeks ago, Bro, but then I had to go week. to watch. So like, I have a list of movies, and pretty much every single movie that I have on my list is gonna be like on that list so the matrix is like one of those movies that i want to watch but i just like haven't found time to sit down and watch the trilogy okay. i'm different like i haven't seen it but i don't <laughs> I'm quirky I'm quirky i don't i don't i don't know it just doesn't interest me like it's not one movie where like oh my god i need to watch the matrix I just, I'm, making, I, I'm making you watch it i was this i was the same way with the matrix and i was just like on netflix one day and i was like eh, whatever i haven't seen this yeah just spend three hours watching it. It was really and good. It was one of the yeah, best right. action movies you've ever seen. Yeah. Like, I was the same way with Inception. Whenever I watched that, I was like, eh, it doesn't Insidious. Insidious. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh, so scary. I that way, too, with Inception, where yeah, it's like, it was okay, like, Nate was like, you have to watch this. It was like, like, okay, Nate, I looked, and then I was like, Whoa. Yeah, like, it's just one of those movies, you kind of read, like, the synopsis or whatever, and you're like, eh, I mean, I don't really care to watch this, but it's, it's, it's way super, different. it's done so well. Yeah. It's just a great movie. Okay, back to your five. Yeah, okay, off, Jake. So, Alex is going to fall out of his chair for this one. I've never seen The Godfather, which is... Podcast is over. Widely considered one of, episode. one of the greatest movies of all time, and I just... There's never, three of them. I've never seen it. Any of them. Shout out Kyle Coon's enemy of the program. Said The Godfather is one of the most overrated films of all time. That's why he will not be welcome Bring back. him back on so we can make fun of him. I'll fight him next week. Yeah, but that's another one that... It's oh, just so a, it's just long movies. So. If you love gangster movies, you'd love the. Oh, yeah. I, I I know I'd like it. I just I just haven't sat down and watched it. Next one, I hate to say it because I love Bill Hader, but I've never seen Hot Rod. You've never gotten I around. I don't to know how. how many times you have just, we watched. I this? hate my parents. How many times parents. have we watched this together? It's on never. Netflix. I know it's on Netflix. It's okay. It's, it's t- getting taken off Netflix at the end of the month. Oh no! Okay, I'll Ju- watch it the thirtieth of June is when it's on. I'll Netflix. watch it tonight. Because yeah. so like <laughs> tonight. when we watched when we reviewed Barry and you guys like talked about Hot Rod, like I added it to my list, but Bro, I don't it was know in my top five. <laughs> I know it was, but I don't it's know how I've never so seen it. So funny! It's so. My funny. mom raised me and watched terrible movies like have you seen pop star uh-uh. i did i watched it i was like it's okay but i guess it's like a lot of people like pop star you don't need to watch it it's just it's basically the same but yeah i'm oh, yeah. hot rod is like at the top of my i've just been kind of like crossing off movies that i've watched you just watched like, super bad like a couple months ago for the first time no i watched it like a year and a half ago shut up ben i probably watched it a year and a half ago i watched it like at the same time like the, the disaster artist came out. As much as we, as much as we like quote like Hot Rod and Superbad and stuff, I'm really surprised you just got around to watching number one Superbad like a year ago and number two Hot Rod never. <laughs> yeah, I. That's, that's really surprising. I think I never got around to watching it because it was like the Dykey's favorite movie, so I just kind of assumed that I wouldn't like it, <laughs> and I found out that it was like hilarious. Top five. It's awesome. Yeah. And then finally, this is a TV show I've never seen. Parks and Rec. I, That's not I've heard it's good. It's good, but yeah. that was like really the only TV show that um, that I could pop in my head that I haven't seen. That 
Because I've watched a lot of TV mm-hmm. opposed to movies, so that was like, and I guess The Sopranos. That's another like classic show that I haven't seen. People that are too, people that think The Office is too crude, I always recommend Parks and Rec because I think the Parks and Rec is a less crude office, and it has its own things where it is like a separate entity while also being kind of similar at the same time. I should say I have seen like one or two episodes of Park, Parks and Rec, but I've just never like watched consecutive episodes or anything like that. Yep. The jury is still out on whether you'll be welcome back for this hatred crime. <laughs> ben, you want to go? Uh, yeah. Uh, going off of Jake's theme of choosing more than one film, I figured, hey, why the heck not? Uh, so I actually had a couple of things in my mind for things that I hadn't seen. Or not in my mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of them is about like two and a half of the Indiana Jones movies. Mm-hmm. I actually only saw the newest like fourth one, I think. The Crystal Skull is shining oh, yeah, when I went In theaters when I was like, I don't know, eight or something like that. <laughs> I didn't remember any of it, except there was a skull and a crystal. Uh, yep, and, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> and, then I'm, and then I'm pretty sure I've only seen like the first half of the Raiders of the Lost Ark, or whichever one has the rolling boulder. But those are talked up. It's like one of the best... Uh, movie franchises ever and I just haven't gotten around to watching all of them. It's young Harrison Ford. I mean, he's the smoothest guy alive. I don't know. How oh, but I haven't seen that. it since I was probably like eight or nine. I haven't seen him in forever. But yeah, I own him. I own that's, all of them. That's why I thought about actually considering both Indiana Jones and Lord of the Rings because I've seen all of them but it's been since I was like yeah. either nine or ten since I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Alright, uh, another one I haven't seen is E.T. I don't know why people care about it. Not it not looks much. stupid. No. It looks like if Alf was a movie. <laughs> Alf Pogs. <laughs> and it's just something I'm not interested in. It beat me up, Stranger Things kids. And uh, number three, one. This is gonna catch you two off. The strangest things you probably current up too. But I have actually never watched in full Goodfellas. It's a good thing you weren't original host of the Turbo Team podcast. It's, it's not on Netflix anymore. I don't think. Oh wait, no, I think it is actually. It got put on pretty recently. Yeah, watch Goodfellas. Okay. The end, I will say the ending it does it's, the ending is as good as like the, it isn't as good as the beginning of middle but it's still fantastic. So just like uh, Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man, the ending was awful. Okay, so it's slightly which, which sucks because that Man. movie that movie was so good and the ending kind of ruined it. We gotta but. talk about Swiss Army Man some other time. We will. We'll, we'll, honestly, we should review it because we'll it's have a, good a movie. Paul Dano cinematic universe. <laughs> Can tell our theories. All right, Ben, you got any more? Nah, that was it. All right, current. Um. Alex might crucify me for this. Oh, I like where this is going. The Godfather. <laughs> Man, how has nobody seen The Godfather? I, I saw it. I just, it's one of the greatest movies of I, all time. It was on Netflix for the longest time, but I never wanted to take like the three hours to watch it. Like two years like, ago, they put like Scarface, Goodfellas, yeah. all The Godfather. Well, it was a ton of like gangster films. I watched, in good time. I watched was, all of them. And that was, was awesome. before I was ever like really into watching movies, so I yeah. just missed it. But they're definitely. Obviously, they should be on my list. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty much a crime that I haven't seen them yet. I also haven't seen Scarface, so that's another one. That Scarface is awesome. It's, okay. Yeah, it's awesome. Calm down. I love gangster films. And besides <laughs> Western, it's my favorite genre. Your marinara blood's boiling. <laughs> hey! Hey, watch The Godfather. <laughs> All right, Kern, you got any more? Um, no, I think those are the only ones on my mind right now. All right. Uh, so as bad as I get for... You guys not seen movies? There's a ton of big movies that I haven't seen. Uh, number one, oh. one movie that I have been just foaming at the mouth to watch for like two, three years now. Oh, I have God. never seen uh, 
What's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio where he gets attacked by the bear? Black Revenant. Revenant. I have never seen The Revenant, and I want to watch Revenant so bad because I know I will love it, but I, I can't find it. It's not on any streaming really service. Movie. It's never on TV. I can't find The Revenant. I'm uh, just picturing you, like, scrolling through TV. Yeah, I have looked, I've looked for The Revenant. No! I can't AMC isn't streaming. <laughs> Uh, another one, Curran, I when you this is on your top five, it kind of perked my attention. I have never seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies. Ooh, what? I have not okay. seen, not I even do, like. You gotta do the Carson Run quest and watch them all in a day. Not, yeah, I haven't even, I haven't even seen The Hobbit. I haven't seen well, one. Of the Rings. I know, but like, I haven't seen one Lord of the Rings movie. Lord we're of the Rings might have to be a show. It. That has really? to be a show. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I would love to rewatch the original three because I haven't seen like, like I said, those in. Probably eight or nine. Okay, years. we'll do that. We'll book that. That'll be a future yeah, episode. Lord of the Rings. I know I'd probably like. Go it. to your room and watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that. It's more like it moves me out of room with popcorn. <laughs> shout, out, shout, shout out Eric Neeson's popcorn. Friend of the program. <laughs> uh, another one. I've seen Fight Club. I, I don't know neither if I. Neither have I. Really? Yeah. I I've seen it. It's pretty good. Soap. Soap. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. There's a lot. Uh, oh, um, oh, what is it? It's one of the uh, greatest movies. Rosebud. What's that? What movie is that? The Simpsons episode. The Simpsons episode. No, not the Simpsons episode. What's the movie called? Rosebud. No, it's not. The Simpsons episode is called Rosebud. It's a, it's a, it's a top twenty Simpsons episode. Oh yeah, that's a really good Simpsons episode. I'm looking this up. Uh, Citizen Kane. That's the one I haven't seen. It's widely regarded as one of the greatest movies of all time. I. I, I took a trip to L.A. a couple summers ago, and I just, I, I toured, I saw a ton of film history, I just fell in love with movies, and so now I'm kind of obsessed with watching good ones, obviously, and so there's a lot of old ones that I really want to watch, Citizen Kane, there's a couple others, I don't write down movies I don't want to watch, which is probably a mistake, Jake, I know you have a list, uh, I should probably start doing that, but there's, there's a lot of movies I haven't seen that I need to watch, um... And I mean, uh, we we've kind of been raised in like the era where there's not just as many like classic great films. Cool. Like, yeah. Like I think we had this discussion with um, MCU cinema. Mm-hmm. Like, for us, like the blockbusters are reboots. Yeah. Cinematic universes. So, like what our parents grew up watching, like The Godfather, Goodfellas, stuff like that. That's there's still those types of movies that we go to see in theaters, but most of them are. Like seventy five percent of them are more like the the franchise type films. Speaking of uh, Avengers, uh, Thor Ragnarok. I haven't seen it. I don't. I I refuse to watch the first two Thors. I think they're unwatchable. Thor Ragnarok's not bad. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, Mid nineties Florida Project, a couple A twenty four films. Uh, Needlewire. There's a lot of A twenty four films that I want to watch, but yeah, so there's a lot. Not too many big names, but there's a couple. Well, it looks like we've got the next one hundred episodes of the Two Routine Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very productive Bef- segment. Before yeah, we go, yeah. uh, Curran, lightning round, what's your favorite I think you should leave skit? Yep. Ooh. The hot dog one. Hey, really? Yeah. Ooh. Okay, that's oh, it. Never mind, never mind. It's the, uh, the, the, like, the dinner party one. Where he's... Oh, Caleb went. Caleb went. Blaming that dude for something, and the one that I'm picking up. He's like... Oh but my god, that one. You're gonna tell on me? Oh, yes. the, uh, <laughs> the, the car like, crash one, yeah. The stupid babysitter idea got me in trouble. Oh, the, din- the dinner yeah, part. It's like, it's like, oh my god. I'm kind of embarrassed, Barry. Barry punched the dip. Yeah, Lions. The dip. Barry punched the, the dip. Hand. Lions, yeah. like the circus animals, were playing a game. Let, let me get that straight. <laughs> we all we know what he was talking about. <laughs> 
My mistake. <laughs> and it just hard cuts to him just staring at him in the corner. <laughs> Hold on, Barry's sitting next to the China cabinet. Ah! Oh my god, Barry right in the China cabinet. How embarrassing. Barry, Barry palmed the dip. Well, Joe's gonna do Barry it, Barry. Did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was well worth the lightning round. I want to see a gay Tim Robinson versus Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a fight I want to watch. <laughs> Honestly, he pushes I'm, Daniel Day Lewis into a I'd pick Dan- China cabinet. I'd pick but Daniel, but if they're in a house with a China cabinet, it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> There's some spinach dips in now. Oh man, it's Tim Robinson. It's Tim Robinson every time. Throw Chunky in there, and but we've got ourselves a duel. <laughs> it's the next WWE match. <laughs> this movie character. All right. Well, I think that's probably gonna do it for episode 12 of the Turbo Team podcast. Thanks to the Cure. Uh, Thanks for uh, having me on, guys. Coming on to the show. Thanks for being a part of our first live episode. Yeah, it was very productive episode. I think we've all got a list of movies that we need to watch after this. Uh, Yeah. Also, if you have any suggestions of what to watch next week, uh, let us know. Obviously, follow us on Twitter. If you've gotten this far, follow us. Follow us on Twitter at the Turbo Team Pod. We've already plugged it once, but I don't think we have anything for next week yet. I don't want to watch all three of the Lord of the Rings for next week. We'll find out next week. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. Our social medias are linked in the bio. Follow us on Twitter at the Turbo Team Pod. You can listen to all episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform where podcasts are listened to. Thank you for listening.